0: unfortunately required reading. Today we are covering Bale, or as the horrible, horrible movie puts it, Ah! Oh, 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 oh. Victoria has been on a, like, whole thing about this movie, and now she is drinking mead out of a horn. But I gotta tell you, our uh, mead horn is really inconvenient. Mm-hmm. One, it's plastic Two. It kind of dangles down near my dangly, well, I don't have dangly bits, but I'm not if I was a man, which is where I would have some dangly bits, and um, it kind of likes to spill more mead than it actually feeds you. But I mean, it's good for the gram, right? Cheers. Oh, that's good mead. It is. That tastes like straight up Welch's white grape juice. I'm down. I'm here for it. So what kind of mead did you get? I got Sky River Honey Wine Sweet Mead from Washington State. Um, I usually try to go local, but um, I didn't this time. That, that's kind of my bad, too. I, it's no one's <laughs> fault. I, as, as a chief sommelier, I tend to enforce the will of my desire, which means I like sweet. Ergo, we usually drink sweet. All the Texas ones were dry. I, um, I've given up on the drinking horn and now we'll just be drinking out of a chalice. It's a beautiful chalice. It's an enviable chalice. I a little bit feel like the Mayor of Ending from the Matrix. And, um, when, when, when I mean a chalice, I mean, my husband got me a travel cup, travel wine cup, which mm-hmm. I didn't think was a real thing, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, things are things. It's okay. It's so pretty. Should we talk about the cheese that we're eating? Yes. Tell them about the cheese. So I picked up a Red Dragon. It is a UK cheddar uh, mixed with English whole grain mustard. And um, based on the very stealthy claw that just grabbed more from Victoria, I'm assuming she likes it. I mean, I could do the Grendel hell, but I think we both agreed that I should probably not do that. I feel like it's going to happen at least (laughs) (laughs) once. I feel like before we're done, before this is done, it will happen at least once. So we have a UK cheddar with mustard that's called Red Dragon because don't we fight a dragon? There is a dragon! There is a singular dragon singular. Well, they reference another dragon, but that's neither here nor there. So, unfortunate confessions, I have mm-hmm. now read three different versions of Wolf preparing for this. I have read approximately three fan fictions, The Assignment, and watched the movie. There is more fan fiction than you think. I, I believe it. Um, I'm gonna try and and limit my anger about the movie, but we will go into it a little bit later. It was like, Americans took advice from, like, the people who were like, okay, well, this is actually our big tradition, and they went, okay, cool, so I'm gonna take this monster, Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna take this other monster, and then we're just gonna do however we want. Yeah, I think um, today we get to indulge a secret love of Victoria and I's, which is cryptozoology. Yes! Uh, And we're going to talk about maybe what kind of monster Grendel is. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, What is the not-so-short synopsis? Alright. So, here's the thing. You're going to see a bunch of YouTube videos where people boil us down in five minutes. You've come to know and love that that's not how I operate. Nope. (laughs) All (laughs) Alright. Here's the short story long. This cool king, Rothgar, decides to create a t- ultimate party hall. It's super badass. But there's this monster who, who's a descendant of Cain, and he's like, you you can't build on my land, and I'm really over your loud-ass partying. Yes. So, after a bunch of Grendel's midnight murder raids... Yes. Yeah, it took it took more than one. Rothgar's like, okay, I'm tired of cleaning up body parts, we're closing the hall... And he puts out this call to all the local heroes and says, hey, we've got this demon. If somebody could come take care of it, because I'm an old man now, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be Aces, thing. So it takes a while, but then Beowulf shows up with his gate posse. Beowulf is like, let me just kick this thing's bare ass without any weapons, because this guy doesn't use any weapons. No, he's a man's man. And everybody goes, I mean, that sounds like a great plan, which I'm, I'm guessing they didn't ask any of the women who were like, are you dumb? No, um, I don't think any women were consulted. No. So right before he's he's gonna go kick this monster's butt, they're like, okay, let's have a party, let's drink some mead. And one of the dudes in the hall questions Beowulf's manliness and says he's a total loser because he lost a swimming contest to this guy named Brecca. So Beowulf has to put him in his place, provides this really weird flex, which is one of my favorite phrases, about swimming in plate armor, getting slowed down because he had to kill nine sea monsters before he could catch back up with Brekka So they're all sitting there drinking, having a great time. Grendel hears them partying again after he thought he'd never have to call the cops again. <laughs> I'm, I mean, uh, Bill Wolf rips off Grendel's arm with his bare hands, and Grendel bleeds out. For whatever reason in my mind, I just imagined him using like a bear's hands, <laughs> like salad tongs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, just hook this in and rip. Yeah. I blame the mead. So, the guy who called Bill Wolf a loser ends up giving him the sword as an apology. Oh, that's how you do it. You insult someone's manhood, are flexed upon, and then you have to give up a sword as an apology. Because we were trying to figure out how we would get An sword. apology sword. Like, I think apology swords would be a really good market. I would love an apology sword. If you guys want to send us a sword. Non-threateningly, of course. I mean, we'd probably need a P.O. Box. I don't think we're that famous yet. <laughs> I have to explain to the UPS store, <laughs> so we might keep getting apologies, swords. Uh, uh. You guys can't be here anymore. Pretty much. <laughs> P.O. Box revoked. So anyway, after Grendel gets his arm ripped off and goes off to bleed, his mom comes back and is super pissed that they hurt her kid. Yes. This is very obvious to any mom who's ever had her kid come home from school and say, so so threw sand in my face. Right, and you multiply about fifty times, and you like knock over a you know Honda Sonata. Yes, there's there's a whole part in oh god what is it? Trying to remember. There's this movie where the mom comes up and she goes, "Who's the little boy that was bugging you?" And then like goes over and grabs him by the arm and throws him up against the wall and threatens his life. It's like the hand that rocks the cradle or something. Anyway, um, so Grendel's mom comes back. She goes to this big old party and decides to attack people. Mm-hmm. She comes and she steals Grundle's arm back, cause she's like, nobody takes my kid's arm, nobody except for me. So they go to end up going Beowulf and one other person end up going, and I think there may have been other people who followed behind him, cause she, I, he he and they end up thinking he's never coming back. Yeah, there's a there's a a, a better not really a movie, but like a documentary, air quotes, uh, where it's like a couple of people. I'm not gonna say it's documentary. This is not real. I really want Taika Waititi to. I don't! To do a Beowulf documentary. It's called Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) It's called Thor Ragnarok, is what you've just described. You want Taika Waititi to redo Beowulf? We have it. It's called Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Or what we do in the shadows. (laughs) This talk isn't just a regular talk, it's like a freaky talk. I am so sorry to anybody from New Zealand who's listening to us and trying to deal with me doing that horrible accent. Anyway, your accent is beautiful. I'm just bad at it because I live in Texas. Um, We've offended the Kiwis. So anyway, they go to this lake of monsters where Grendel's mom lives because, of course she does. Metaphor. Beowulf pulls on his armor to swim down and attack because he wants the arm back. They do glorious battle in Grendel's mom's cave because your mom has a cave. And Grendel's mom has a hoarding problem. Therefore, there are magical swords forged by giants just kind of laying around. Beowulf uses one to stab her, which is kind of rude. Yeah, that is really, really Mm -hmm. rude. Then he, like, breaks into her house and stabs her with her own sword. So, she dies. Of course. He uses the magic sword to cut off Grendel's head so he can take that back, and the blade disintegrates when he cuts the head off. Of course. This isn't the special freaky sword from before. No. This is not the apology sword. How many, are, Have we lost track of swords already? No, I think we're up to two. Do we need a sword chart? We might need a sword chart. We'll make a sword chart. So the one that the, the jerk dude gave him is covered in really cool runes that are like about giants and Cain and the creation of monsters. and Almost like you needed Christian influence for that. What? So anyway... Beowulf brings back the head, feels kind of like a badass. He ends up with a fancy house, yeah. some money, and he's basically living his MTV Cribs life. I let her keep that line. <laughs> and he goes back to Gateland and gets his... He, he ends up hanging out with the king, because he's super cool with the king. Mm-hmm. The king dies in battle, and he becomes... Mm-hmm. And Beowulf becomes the king, and thinks he's super cool. Is that, how, is that how kings work? Well, in this particular case, I think they were related or something, or hi don't quote me on that if you were writing an essay um so he ends up ruling for about 50 years Mm -hmm. everybody's like yeah he's a pretty good king we like him yeah and then some dick finds a secret back entrance into a dragon cave steals a goblet covered in gems Mm -hmm. and is like oh yeah the dragon's never gonna notice instead the dragon decides to start burning people's houses down and it makes the mistake of burning down Beowulf's house, which is a horrible plan. But not a mistake. I think, knew, I think he knew he was doing. So Beowulf is like, all right, I'm old. I'm done with this crap. I'm going to go kill. He, he ends up becoming that, that neighbor that's like spraying the dragons off their lawn with a hose. I was thinking more like he becomes uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, it's like he's perpetually being called out of retirement or something like that. So he takes the fancy sword that the... The, the Apology Sword, that's what I'm just gonna call it. Okay, the Apology Sword. And he's like, I'm gonna go kill this dragon. as you do. So he goes up, he goes to stab the dragon. The sword breaks. Of course it does. Oops. Beowulf gets his neck super bitten, but, mm-hmm. you know, somehow a, a sucking neck wound doesn't stop him. Nah. He ends up stabbing the dragon, mm-hmm. and then he starts dying from dragon poison. Are, are dragons universally poisonous? I don't know, I think it's the whole, like, worm translation... Probably mispronouncing the W Y R M. So Beowulf is dying, and he asks his relative to like drag the treasure out of the cave so he can see it one last time. Fucking why? Sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I usually don't assign very much when she does this, but this is the part that bothered me. <laughs> Fucking why? That's just rude. So Beowulf dies and has one hell of a funeral. Yeah. And they go on and on about the funeral. Yes, very lushly. So. You ready for your not-so-short synopsis? Oh, it's done. So, essentially, this is the story of the Lorax. <laughs> Why is the story of the Lorax? You have a creature who really just wants humans to leave him alone. But the humans won't leave him alone. See, my whole theory is this whole thing could have been avoided With, like, a a conversation. Yeah, if they had stopped being shitty neighbors. Right, like, realistically, this is, like, an episode of, like, live PD and the Lorax. Like, really, this is, like, a neighborly dispute. You know who we need? We need Judge Judy. Judge Judy would have fixed all of this. Heck yeah. She would have been like, well, maybe stop partying all night and annoying your neighbors. Right, but also, Grendel, leave your mom's basement. Yes. Yes. Like, you can't respond to, like your neighbor's dog pooping on your lawn by you pooping on their lawn. Like, that's not fair. I mean, this This is kind of like responding to your neighbor's loud party by going and killing 30 people. I mean, it's a bit excessive, but, you know. <laughs> but it happens in Texas. What? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there, occasionally you'll read a book that doesn't feel like it's so far-fetched. This is one of them. So, one of the things that I, I have kind of a hard time with is I don't know if it's pronounced gate or geet because the I've heard it two different ways I've heard a bunch of scholars in England say gate and a bunch of Americans say geet so my problem is I all I hear is geet geet mother effer and I quit the podcast now (laughs) please don't quit the podcast I quit the podcast now versus that pun from earlier so my husband today when I told him we're talking about Beowulf said Valhalla at your boy and I threatened to quit the podcast then. I'm sorry. Because you, you have one more strike. <laughs> oh, no. Before That's- I geet at a dog. <laughs> <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> so, evidently, Beowulf has the strength of 30 men in each arm, or the strength of one white man playing devil's advocate on Facebook for a moment. Oh Yes. <clears throat> Which is why he can just go up and rip off Grendel's arm. He honestly reminds me of Gaston a little. Oh no, I have to make a song. We don't. We really don't though. Is is Mead the anti-Port? Mead is the anti-Port. This is like really light and fresh. But still giggly and honest. Oh yes, it's fabulous. Okay, so what is more dangerous then? Because at least Port felt like a punishment. Mead just feels like a soft summer kiss that uh, makes you admit on camera that you still have feelings for one of your exes. That's fair. I mean, I think we both kind of dated Grendel at one point in time. Oh, I have so. 100% dated Grendel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no ambiguity to that. So one of the challenges for historians is that this poem weaves between fiction and actual historical events. So it's been pissing off scholars for all eternity. What do you mean? There wasn't some kind of weird flesh dragon living in the woods, killing a bunch of people in a maybe fictional meat hall? See, it was probably just some creature that they weren't used to. The meat hall actually supposedly exists. Yeah, we found it. It been yes. found. It's, it's beautiful. Really cool. No, it's and not. it means um, heart, as in H-A-R-T, as in mm-hmm. the animal, because it may have been named after mm-hmm. the horns over the thing. Yes. So, that's cool, because we have a family lineage that's heart. Oh, God. I want to be cool and I want to go drink this meat hall, but this, the horn is an issue, yeah. so maybe I'll learn, need to learn how to drink out of a meat horn first. I mean, realistically, the meat hall as it stands is a mound in a hill. It's dirt <laughs> that they happen to find uh, some bones and some paraphernalia around. So, I mean, if you want to go get drunk on a hill, we can do that anytime you want.
1: <laughs> we <laughs> have the literal hill
0: country. I mean, that literally just sounds like Sundays. Yeah, like if you want to go get drunk on a hill, sold. So this this poem, because it is a poem, it's an epic poem. Ooh, yeah, it's a boring it's poem. It's full of random tangents about backstory. Yes. And it's kind of like listening to a really, really drunk friend at a bar in the UK who has to explain everything to you because you're American and filthy. I mean, yeah, I have only had this experience a few times, um, and at, that's why this this ends up so long because mm-hmm. the plot, despite my longness, is is really not that long. No, it's it. Um, I took Latin for ten years uh, because of Harry Potter. Not well, false. I believe you. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, because Catholicism and Harry Potter, um, and it feels like the Aeneid, mm. where it's just. The plot itself is really, really short. Uh, white man makes dumb decisions. But because of how it's written, you get several hundreds of lines about bad decision-making, interwoven with his nonsensical details, his bafflingly specific details as with Beowulf. Which is interesting because... Every version that I've read. So there's a Tolkien version, yes. there's a Seamus Haney version. Yes. There are so many versions of Beowulf that it's kind of frightening. Yes. Um, what happens and, and this will be this is in the introduction for Seamus Haney's version and for Tolkien's version about how long they fought over each individual word. Yes. How they would write a version and then several years later come back and rewrite the version. Um, Tolkien's son actually said that he had to combine multiple versions to get the one that ended up being published a few years ago. Yeah. Because his dad was so like, wait, no, that's not the right word. It's this word. I just realized we're going to have to read Lord of the Rings eventually. We We are. I know, just keep drinking mead. Because there are too many Hobbit songs. No, they're not. There's enough Hobbit songs. As long as we get to use the little Boy one. No, I mean, like, in the book. I know, that's why I was choosing to ignore it. Okay. There's actually a separate book that is just Hobbit songs. So, I'm a writer. I'm a fiction writer. I very much am in the camp of, when you have time to do these things, you're running away from the plot. So, like, when I have stories that have, like, very lush descriptions of, like, one cafe, or I've gone into excruciating detail about, like, what was being had for dinner, it's because I have no idea what I'm doing where do I go from here? Describe the background. Describe the background as if it is a woman you are sleeping with. (laughs) Or in Beowulf, I'm going to tell you the story about this guy who did this thing, or my favorite one. It is on the Facebook. Shameless Um, plug. Shameless plug. It is about this queen that they thought was horrible because she wasn't Friendly and nice. And I really feel like this might be able to help uh, cancel out some stuff as mm-hmm. far as catcalling. Wait. Great Queen Modreth perpetuated terrible wrongs. If any retainer ever made bold to look her in the face, if an eye, not her lord, stared at her directly during daylight, the outcome was sealed. He was kept bound in hand-tight and shackled, racked, tortured until doom was pronounced, death by the sword, slash of the blade, blood gush and death qualms in an evil display, even a queen outstanding in beauty must not overstep like that. I'm like, okay, listen, have you ever been catcalled getting off the bus, getting on the bus? Because I know Amanda has. You witnessed me getting catcalled, and I did not even notice it. And I got so mad, I thought I had to go defend your honor. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to let you, because I completely ignored that. And there's a difference between, like, you look really good today versus I want to do things that I'm not going to describe on this podcast because my kid is downstairs. True. (sighs) Do we talk about the fact that uh, women don't matter in this book? We have not talked about that yet. The fact that Grendel's mom, who is, like, the most powerful monster in this entire book... DIES! DIES! And has no name other than Grendel's mom. Or Grendel's right, mother. it's almost like uh, there is nothing of importance to attribute to women outside of motherhood or wisdom. I mean, even the queen that I can't pronounce the name of it starts with a W. I'm sorry, rough something. Anyway, her whole job is to pass out torques, pass out mead, and be nice to people. Like, what was the first part of that sentence? Torques. So, torques are, like... These... I know what they are, okay. but my brain genuinely heard pass out torques. Oh. So, it's just, like, her, like, twerking down a meat hall. <laughs> so, that's... What... <laughs> when Miley Cyrus is your queen. Right. I'm sorry, Miley. I know you're fabulous. Anyway. Maybe she is now. Um, just the whole thought of, like, okay, well, she's here to pass out jewelry. Yeah. Like, really? And they, they try in the movie to give her agency, and it just makes it worse. Right. And, um... And I can see this being an issue that uh, other writers had because you know back in the day, apparently women didn't exist until the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, pretty much. Apparently, women were a, a myth until like. Well, it also depended on your culture. True. Did you have a patriarchal society? Did you have an equal society? Did you have a matriarchal society? Because a lot of the Celts were on the equal side of things. True. However, I don't believe the Anglo's were. And that, please correct me if you're a history. I don't think they were, but you know who was definitely patriarchal who later went on to influence the Celts? The Romans? The Christians. So (laughs) that actually brings us to a really interesting point about Beowulf. Yes. Um, So they believe that this was originally an oral poem. So people told the story over and over and over and over and over again. Kind of like Finn McCool and stuff like that. Well... The problem is, the version that they have that's written down is written like a court poem, Mm -hmm. and it is full of Christian influence, and so much of it feels like, yeah, but see, he wouldn't have gotten into this if he worshipped the one true God. I'm just saying. And it's like Kermit in the corner with a cup of tea. Um, It also feels like, it turns into an episode of Mm Scooby-Doo. It's like, what was that show, Davy and Goliath? weird It's like that. Like, here's this dumb adventure. Well, if you had stayed home... Reading your Bible and not trying to have impure thoughts about your neighbor, the house wouldn't have burned down. Your meat hall wouldn't have gotten run over by demons fathered by Cain. Okay, he wasn't fathered by Cain. He was descended from Cain, but he doesn't really have a dad. Which actually has very, very uncomfortable implications, racist ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, have we even. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because that bothers me. Because, like, the whole, like, Son of Cain thing was a thing that later went on to help, like, enslave Africans for a while. Mm -hmm. And by a while, I mean, like, hundreds of years. Thousands of years. Realistically, yeah, like, thousands. Uh, so, like, really, like, weird racist implications. There's actually almost a weird post-colonial reading to it that maybe Grindel was just ethnic. And that, and that was scary for a lot of people. Which is bad. Yeah, which is not good. Oh my gosh, this is like, that is weirdly post-colonial, because it almost sounds like the story of Captain Cook a little bit, where like, depending on who you listen to when you come to the story of Captain Cook, when he was invading, like, invading, exploring Polynesian territory, either they're these chill coconut-eating savages, or they're murderous cannibals. Either you get Moana, or you get Cannibal Island. I mean, I'm scared. We're yeah. not going to go into Papua New Guinea culture right now. We which, don't have time. Well, I mean, it, for that, too, it was really just, you know, honor eating. And it was. eating of your enemies. Yeah. So it wasn't... Well, yeah. I know why the Maori did it. <clears throat> I'm just saying, if I'm a white person on a ship, I don't give a hoot and a half why. That's I want true. to avoid it. It's like, we have found Australia. We have found the United... Or, not, it wasn't the United States. at the time. But... We have found this land. It is Arland. Yeah, but we're kind of here right now. Um, that's yeah, like, fine. There is this weird colonial reading to it now. That I mean because Grendel and his mother had clearly been there for ever, a millennia. Yeah, and then these, uh, this this like house of Logan Pauls shows up. Am I wrong? <laughs> well, that's the weird thing too. Is when they're talking about Grendel's mother's horde, it's there's all of these swords and things that are pre. Society. Mm. They, they're talking about how they're pre flood Right. Like, and this this is in the book, so this isn't just me making stuff up. Yeah, this isn't just our elaborate fan fiction, which we get to read next time, because we get to read Grendel. Which I'm so excited about. I, I'm on pins and needles to talk about my son. I just started reading. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a lot of really, really interesting interpretations to it if you look at it that way. Because, yeah, then you have this family of extant creatures, like a Bigfoot like a Bigfoot. Like a Bigfoot. Just trying to survive, and you have this, uh, like, Jersey Shore frat house that opens up, bunch of, full of loud, drunk people. Like, I, I kind of feel for Grendel, because we live in a neighborhood where we have very fantastic neighbors, but one set that decided that they were gonna have parties until three in the morning on Wednesdays, and we ended up coming to a good agreement without cops or anything like that because we don't. It, we won't go into that right now. Um, but you can tell I'm southern because I'm mean, like, "Oh, cool! You poisoned some cookies." Excellent. No, we didn't. We were nice and cool. And we talked on Halloween, and they're they're badass. But it's one of those things where it's like, just don't be a dick. I feel like that could fix ninety percent of literature. Yes, it really could. Like, like. Easily 90-95% to of literature can be fixed, but don't be a dick. Don't be a dick and worry about your own shit. Yeah. Like, that easily fixes, like, the Glass Menagerie, at least. Exactly. Okay, so, I'm having a really hard time not getting an image out of my head, Mm -hmm. and I put a call out on Twitter, so, Mm -hmm. if you feel like making some fan art, I have this image of Beowulf now, just, like, going to CrossFit, and drinking Monster Energy drinks, but, like, the Monster Energy drink has Grendel's face on it. Oh, man, I'd love that. So, if you want to draw that, that would be really awesome. Oh, like, Bale was, like, a CrossFit bro. Like, Ben Affleck prepping to be Batman. Oh just, like, skinny, ripped tank top. Like, ropes. Doing the ropes. What is the point? Who is that? What is that protecting you from? Well, they're really heavy. I mean, I understand. Just because I look fat doesn't mean that I don't care. No, I'm just saying, yeah. like, it, it's... I've done them once, and I thought it was, like, the worst thing ever. Yeah. And like, what is this preparing you for? I'm like, I guess my arms are working, but, like, am I going to be on a boat? Am I going to be, like, seeing the sea shanties as I like raid pirate towns? Like, what's happening here? You have to be um, in Johnny Quest, the ambiguously sexualized, sexualized um, bodyguard. <gasps> that race? Yes. I mean, that they were clearly married, right? They are in um, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Exactly. So, I mean, like, they're clearly married. So, I mean, just saying, there's no reason to have two men be that close. Just saying. I'm just, okay, so I feel like mm-hmm. Mead is, like, our new thing. I love mead. mead. Mead is wonderful. Mead, bringing you tangents on the podcast since we 2019. We need Mead for tangents, ma'am. <laughs> That's, like, 90% of our life is tangents. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> So I know we've kind of already talked about moms Mm -hmm. seeking vengeance, Mm -hmm. but in this culture, she is well within her rights to seek retribution for the death of her son. She is. 100%. And they act like she's not. Seriously, they probably could have gotten away with letting her kill people, steal the arm, and they probably wouldn't have had an issue again. Isn't this 100% of the reason why uh, Bodica went to war with Rome? Yeah. So for for Boudica, what happened was the Romans were killed her husband, raped yeah. her kids, yeah. raped her, yeah. and were like, "What are you going to do about it?" So she's like, "Let me just burn down your settlement." Right. Do I not get any props for knowing who that is? Oh or no, any... you are awesome. I'm like really excited about it right now. Like, <laughs> do I get no? Are you not entertained? I am. <laughs> are you not entertained? One of my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. I've only seen it once when I was very, very young and I wasn't really paying attention because I was sleeping. Uh, I feel like this says a lot about me. My favorite character happens to be uh, The Horrifying Emperor played by Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I can see that for you. Just who I am as a person. (laughs) Hi, this is You Can Learn a Lot About Amanda based on characters she relates to. So, I'm going to try not to make this podcast all about Tolkien. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Because I am. So, The Dissolving Sword is badass, especially that's covered with the runes and mm-hmm. the whole thing about the history of the giants. But it 100% sounds like it came out of a Tolkien fever dream. Yes, it does. And Tolkien very clearly lifted many passages from this. What? And he does it, well, he rewrote them. Mm-hmm. But he definitely got inspiration from it. And it's it's pretty well known around Tolkien scholars of like he would just go and be like, this mythology is great, I'm putting it in. Is that like what white? Is that like what white privilege is? Just yes. like I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna take this thing. Yes. Okay. Because it's not fan fiction. If you're covering something that's thousands of years old. If you listen very carefully, you can hear the sound of my eyes rolling. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. Hold on. Is the Lord of the Rings just Tolkien's elaborate, Beowulf fan fiction? I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not. But there's a lot of um, Jewish myth in there too. I don't give a hoot and a half at this point. There's a lot of racism. Yeah, there there really is. Do you do you love how whenever they're portrayed in something that the dwarfs are Scottish? Because I do. Do you know that I love that I'm, the orcs I'm, are I'm all from Scotland? Yeah. Or my family's from Scotland, just mm-hmm. to heads You know, don't you just love that uh orcs are listed as uh, those not so lovely Mongol types? Because you know what's terrifying? Asians. <laughs> Mead is wonderful. Can mead be a recurring guest on the pod? Mead can be. I feel like we need mead for Grendel, too. Like, we don't have to get creative. We just get a different one that's slightly... We get a... Uh, a we can get that Necromancer mead. This is this something I need to order in advance? So we I might like, have to. Spring bring it on you the day before I go, so... I didn't get mead yet! Oh my god, you cursed me to go to a Total Wine, how dare you. There's a, a brand that I thumbed over that was called Necromancer. We might have to get necromancer mead. There's also a zombie killer. Zombie killer? Zombie killer mead. When did this stuff get really cool? Uh, it used I, to be, like, you would go to Total Wine and they'd be like, we have one type of mead. I feel like nerds like us made this shit popular again. Well, also American Gods, which, okay, so I'm going to try not to destroy everything. I look forward to it. American Gods is one of my favorite books of all time. I love you, Neil Gaiman. Um, how? Ever, first of all, what did you do with the script for Beowulf? We'll go into that later. My concern was when they made the TV show, they started off being completely on the book. The first episode I was like, this is great. And then it went off on this tangent. Mm-hmm. And now supposedly it's coming back. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole part where they do like this toast with need. And there's three different times that they toast because it's a bonding promise. It's a covenant. It's like Buffy it is like buffy <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite parts is cuz they're in this dive bar called Jack's Gator Bar and they're sitting there taking shots of mead and this guy's like this tastes like rotten death and it's like first of all it is not yeah it's honey wine and it is delicious but anyway that's my tangent for that don't don't make promises with mead kids i promise we will drink more mead i mean that, that's that's are you Oh, I thought you were pouring mine in, more in mine, and I was like, um, I mean, you could, though. Do you want more? Yes. I pour close to the microphone so you can hear how quickly... This is the most, I think, we've gone through a bottle. Yeah. This is also the fun time. I should tell you that I'm going to a children's birthday party tonight. I'm going home to a sketch costume, so if I end up showing more cleavage on this outfit, I blame the need. Fantastic. So, Christian influence? Lots of Christian influence. Um, like we we're talking about a little bit before. They're we're pretty sure that it just got written down in court after they had decided that um, God and Jesus Christ were the the one truth like the true bees God. knees. And uh, mm-hmm. that Odin and stuff was no longer their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see also in this they make a point in the first portion when Grendel's you know, killing people. They decide, hey, we're gonna reach out to Odin. We're gonna reach out to our other gods. We're gonna look at the omens to try and see and that failed what we need to do, and it failed them. And the the poem, the way it's translated now, makes a big deal of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on and on about how, well, you know, after Beowulf died, everybody was pretty much screwed because they no longer had anyone to protect them. Yeah. But if they had had the one true God, well, and that was such a big um, aspect of like, sort of the Old Testament all those non-canonical books of the Bible, where you talk about like a uh, David and like Ball and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh well, look, this is what my God can do. My God eats all these like offerings like that. Your God, some kind of like weird pansy ass cloud going to hell. Sorry. What's really interesting too is like ball really was a figure that was worshipped at that yes, time, yes. Um, and I mean we could we could also how that. I got into a fight with a priest during services. Do they say ball wasn't a real thing that people worshipped? So he missed. He conflated ball with Bost. Oh, and okay. I came, and I called him out immediately. And he had to like trudge back up to the podium, and he's like, "You're right." It's like I know I am. It's um. It's very interesting to look at Celtic and Anglo culture, and then the influence of the Romans as they brought Christianity over and did converting. Yeah. Um, well, and there was a brief interesting, sorry, there was a brief interesting <laughs> period where the Romans brought their own pantheon of gods. Mm-hmm. So you get to see like Odin become more like Jupiter. Which they borrowed from uh, every culture that they controlled. Like the Etruscans, mm-hmm. who no one talks about. Why does no one talk about the Etruscans? Because they have a really hard time figuring out all of their culture and things behind because so much of it was stolen. Also, all the uh, child sacrificing. There was a lot of child sacrificing. Like, a, a really scary amount of child sacrificing. I mean, a really yeah, that's a lot. Vaccinate your kids. Uh, the thing with the Etruscans is that a lot of those kids weren't sick. No, yeah, it's I'm, I'm like, joking. oh, okay. I mean, also, yes, do vaccinate your children. That's what made it so messed up. Is a lot of these are just like normal, okay kids. Uh, Christianity, it's a hell of a drug, it's a hell of a drug. And we, I mean, we both prescribe to a form of Christianity. Yeah, I'm a esoteric deist, I was raised Lutheran. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, Lutheran is just like diet Catholic. It's just one calorie, you know? Yeah, it literally is. It's it's diet passive aggressive Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's, we don't like what they're doing, so we're going to do our own thing. We're going to do 97% of it mm-hmm. and call it different mm-hmm. and then get mad when you say it's 97% the same. Yeah, but I cannot take communion of the Catholic Church. No, you cannot. Because I'm a protester. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll get the brooms out. <laughs> get out of your, off the porch, you dirty possum. It's like, I went to a, I, you know, the Lutheran church, I mean, they want you to be confirmed before you start doing, conflict, of course. like, doing a communion. Yeah. Because they want you to know what you're believing, which I think is pretty cool. But yeah, at the true. same time, it's like, I kind of, I kind of get in more with the Christian churches They're like, we don't care. If you're just yeah. welcome. Like, yeah. Like, come hang out. I don't know. I guess, like, there's, like, a weird gatekeeper part of me that kind of likes it all being locked behind, like, wizards and magic and stuff. Wait, you guys have wizards and magic? Well, I mean, like... True Catholicism is pretty pagan. Well, yeah, they they borrowed a lot from the culture so that it came I mean, like, into. there's a man in a funny dress who waves his fingers over a thing and suddenly it becomes another thing. And then he disseminates that to his people, but he could not explain to you how or why he did it. That's Harry Potter. <laughs> you believe in the teachings of Catholic and all he stood for. Right, like that's That's magic. I have not been confirmed yet, but I do have my saint name picked out. I used to get in trouble all the time because I would fight with the priest. I'd be like, "Well, what about this historical aspect or pastor?" But what what about this historical aspect of things? And it would be like, "No, because of this." And I go, "Now, is that something that's actually in the Bible, or is that a biblical scholar?" I mean, I'm I'm sorry, pastor. You were you were really nice, and you put up with a lot of my BS. But I mean, I quit confirmation three times. I never because got I was too serious as a teenager. Yeah, I never got confirmed. I did very briefly teach Sunday school, which no one believes. I believe you only because I know. you. I did very briefly teach Sunday school, um, which means that I would write a great version of Beowulf. You would write a great version of Beowulf. Thank you. Where it would one hundred percent just be like a buddy cop story. It would. It would one hundred percent be that new Lorax movie. That's horrible. But it's like three quarters of the movie is the Lorax trying to kill the once-ler. It's just that, but, like, like Bugs Bunny hijinks. I just imagine Beowulf <laughs> and Grendel, attorneys at large, like, they yes. have this, like, whole thing, and it's like, Grendel, you're always flying off the handle. Beowulf, you're always killing our clients. Like, Yeah. Yeah, like a Harvey Birdman kind of thing with Grendel and Beowulf. You love fan art. I love fan art <laughs> so much. So, something interesting if you want to impress your teachers. Mm-hmm. This poem uses a lot of kenning, kenning, or no, kenning is crying, kenning. It's um, compound words in Anglo-Saxon poetry that give you a two-word visual metaphor for an item. So like whale road is an ocean, word hoard, which is my favorite, is when you're giving, taking your thoughts and turning them into speech. So when it comes out of your word hoard, which is your brain and mouth working together, so I'm just gonna tell my kid from now well, my stepkid from now on that, you know, no. she needs to be using her word horde. Were your people always drunk? Yes. Okay. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so I don't get many uh, moments where I get to be like full Black Panther, like Wakanda excellence. But like <laughs> this is one of those moments where like, were your people alright? I'm descended from Anglo Saxons, the what? Celts. Yes. Yeah. Um Something from the Iberian Peninsula, which we haven't been able to figure out yet, which I'm kind of excited about. Portugal, Spain? Maybe. You might be Bosque. <sighs> that would explain so much. Would it? Yes. I mean, I just thought the fact that I was really weird and always wanted to fight something was like my Celtic roots. You I might mean, be Bosque. Pretty sure. Maybe I'm Bosque and picked. Oh, oh God. God. Said in unison, so you know it's bad. Uh, anyway, that doesn't really matter, because if you go to the UK and you say, I'm Scotch Irish. You're and gonna you're, get punched in the neck. They look at you and go, "You're American." I love my my Scottish people. Thank you. By the way, I I've never been. I want it's to go. Fantastic. I've heard Glencoe is amazing. Are um, the men cute? Yes, Cold. I can say that without hesitation. You you di- you said it without hesitation. They're they're beautiful. Hello, I am a semi passably attractive American looking for a Scottish husband. We do have an email address. Unfortunately required reading at gmail.com. Amanda will now be accepting applications for future Scottish husbands. Oh, happily. Oh, absolutely. Yes, completely. <laughs> mead! Is... <laughs> we're never drinking mead again. No, we're drinking it all the time. <laughs> I've created a monster. So, there are there are symbols in this. There's, There's... at least a symbol. We won't go into the whole Christian symbols because they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Unless you have to write a paper on it, then email us at an unfortunately required reading and I'll try to help you. I will personally answer all your questions about Christian symbolism. So there's the golden torque that is given to Beowulf after he kills Grendel, which is a sign of, you know, faith and family and a bond. It is a bond between two people. Torques were a really big thing in Celt culture and Anglo culture and Scandinavian culture. Um, they're basically like an unfinished necklace. They're they're like a big ring of mm-hmm. iron or gold or a combo, and traditionally they'll have some sort of animals at the end of them, like dragons or some sort of like cat figure or something or mm-hmm. wolf. And it's usually a symbol. Well, I could be wrong about this. It's usually a symbol of the clan or you know yeah, what you're looking you, for. You aren't wrong. And a lot of times people would give each other torques when they were wed. Or, you know, if you were joining a clan or if you were making a promise to somebody of any type. And if you go to museums in Ireland and Scotland and England, you'll see these on display. They're absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Also see when uh, hip-hop and rappers have to join different uh, houses and you get a fancy gold chain. I didn't even think about that. You're welcome. Your people join my people. Yeah, do you think uh, Bale would have been a West Coast or an East Coast rapper? <laughs> oh, this <laughs> is the part where I get in trouble. Um, I swear to drunk, I am not God. I'm gonna have to go with the East Coast rapper. I'm gonna say East Coast rapper. I think he's gonna be like one of those like white guys. who's like, yeah, I'm totally hood. It's like, no, you're not. He's gonna oh be gosh. like, he's gonna be like a, he's gonna be like Eminem. How many times did i yell i am bow wolf before we started this? a lot a lot but it's fine i accept it so the banquet hall and having the banquet is a symbol of restoration and order for the danish people after they have been going through some some stuff with their neighbor sweden, sweden. oh my gosh there's if you're paying attention lots of attention to this there's all sorts of stuff about okay so we pissed off the Swedes mm-hmm. and people from Finland mm-hmm. and this other thing. So basically, when Beowulf dies, we're all screwed. Yeah, and when Beowulf dies, they're like, we're all screwed. Yeah, because evidently, when you don't have strong leader, you're gonna die, according to that culture. But yeah, sounds about right. Do you want to cover mead and why mead is a symbol? God damn it! Are you so, gonna be okay? Do I'm, you need some help? I'm great. So <laughs> we're too good right now. That's the problem. <laughs> Sit down, children. Let me tell you about mead. So, mead might be one of the earliest alcoholic beverages ever produced. People think it's beer. It was probably mead. Fabulous. Likely what happened is you left some honey out for too long, and then you drank it because humans are stupid. Like, here's this fermented honey. Oh, wait, now it lowers my inhibitions. I mean, I'm Um, The Assyrians made it, the Sumerians made it, the Egyptians made it. Everyone did mead. So my dad made it in his bathtub. I mean they were in bottles. I'm just upset that I never got to try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same.
1: <laughs> hot honey,
0: not a sponsor yet. We're Mike, working on it. Mike's hot honey collars. Doesn't it taste good with the mead? Mm-hmm. I if you guys want, I will start providing you all with, like, tasting notes of, like, the Method to My Madness. Oh my god, please do. I'll put them on the website. I'll start giving you guys tasting notes. I don't just pick things because they sound cool. Um, but meat is super important, especially to, um, Scandinavian cultures, and really to Celtic cultures. Like, in a minute, we're going to argue over whether this is Celtic or Scandinavian. Scandinavian-Anglo combo. Okay, sorry, we're gonna argue about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Beleaguer sigh. Um, but mead is super important to all these cultures. Um, really, it is such a drink of kings, of gods, of everyone. The Egyptians offered it when uh, someone died and put it in little jars next to organs because Egypt. Um, it was just, it was consumed as an important beverage. So the idea of one, mead, and then two, a meadery, a mead hall is such a symbol of lavish wealth. Look, I, I compared it to an episode of Epic Meal Time, where it's like, look at all these burgers! Look at all this bacon! Look at all my bitches! That's sort of what a mead haul is, is look upon my wealth. Look at how much mead I can supply to you, my warriors, my men, my women. Is this... Look upon ye mighty at my bacon in despair. Yes. A hundred percent. A thousand percent. I got to use an Ozymandias bacon reference. I'm so proud and so disappointed all at the same time. I mean, that's like 90% of how my mom feels about me, so. Good to know I'm in good company. Oh. <laughs> that's mead. It's wonderful. And uh, Honey River, if you want to send us more, uh, please. Happily. I, love, I love my mom.
1: Sky because... River, not even
0: Honey River. Good lord, meet. She, she asked me if she should listen to the podcast and I said, oh, Maybe. D- maybe don't. Maybe hmm. don't, but I mean, like, you could play it in the background at a very low volume. Yes. And then you could tell people that you're supporting my endeavors. My aunts, I don't think they've asked yet. One has. I'm a liar. One has. And it's like, can we listen to this? I'm like, Oh Shout out to my sister who's, like, sharing this with her nurse at LASIK and stuff. Like, yeah, shout out to really all of our listeners. Shout out to Mark and my friend Dan, who we talked about the podcast and immediately added it to his list of things to listen to. Shout out to Jason, who wanted us to argue over the Oxford comma, which we will later. Oh my gosh, are we gonna like full on fight like this with the Star Trek music? I hope not. I hate the Star Trek. Music. I hope it ends up just being like a loving like Kobayashi Maru where like get to no win situation. I mean, that's honest. Are there any other symbols, like, we really, really need to cover? I feel like, I feel like we're perpetually missing some. I mean, we are, because... We're drunk. (laughs) Yeah. We are, because we're drunk. I mean, a lot of the monsters, too, are symbols of pagan culture. Do you want to talk about cryptozoology? Oh my gosh, I do. So this is my not-so-secret love. It's been my... No. Anyway. It's um, been my obvious very love. Like, I've always loved cryptozoology. Like, I want to do a podcast on it. You're... We're... we're I think we're gonna do it. I think we have a problem. What? It's not a problem. I know. It's a it's... solution to a problem. Anyway. Alcohol is a solution to a problem. It's legitimately a solution. That's why I made the joke. Okay. <laughs> a moment of silence for that joke Victoria just killed. And we are some <laughs> Oh my gosh, can we have a commercial at night? Yes, we can. For, thir- for 39 cents a day, you can sponsor us to chill alcoholics. <laughs> for 39 cents a day, you can save the joke that Amanda made that Victoria destroyed. Pretty much. Far away from here. So what kind of monster is Grindel? What are your thoughts? Um, I honestly do believe he's some sort of descendant of giant. Okay. Um, like a watch, like a Nephilim? Yes. I think that would be a really good one. Um, For folks who don't know what those are. I just said two things like everyone should know what those are. I apologize. Um, So Nephilim is basically the hybrid combo of an angel and a human woman. Yeah. Uh, Back when the Bible was fast loose and kind of scary and magic. It's in like... Genesis. Is it the sixth book of Genesis? Yeah. Um, and And then God's like, oh my gosh, I gave you... Five minutes with a human woman, what were you and doing? And you immediately had sex and made monsters. So, the Nephilim this combo, they've been described as a race of giants mm-hmm. and very, very tall men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's interesting, too, is you'll see a lot of stuff in, on the internet about g- bodies of giants that they've found and things. And- right, they think Goliath was a Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And by they, I mean, like, air quotes Bible scholars, because there's Bible scholars and there's, like... Giorgio Tsoukoulos, Bible scholars? I love Giorgio Shout out to Giorgio Tsoukoulos. If you ever want to be on the show and talk about, like, what monsters are in literature, I happily volunteer as tribute. Is this the really awkward time where I say he's actually a super nice guy and that his wife is smoking hot? Have you met them? Yes. Okay. I was like, are you looking outside their house with binoculars? No, no, you- no, 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 no. <laughs> no, um... For Fangirl Nation, I got conned into going to this thing called Contact in the Desert. Thank you, Rob. Did you say contact? Contact in the Desert. That sounds magic. And it had Giorgio. It had... Oh, Nigron, on first name basis. No, it had somebody else, too, who I love. and I've Von really- Daniken? Von Daniken was there, too. I yes. love like him. Um, no, it's another guy who's super into cryptozoology, and it's going to kick my butt, and I'll have to put it on the website later. Yes. But he's fantastic. He does a lot of stuff when it comes to... Um, the chupacabra and stuff like that. Yeah, that's how I roll. But um, everybody was super nice, and we got to talk about aliens and stuff. And I mm-hmm. just went to a bunch of panels. And, yeah. Um, Von Donegan was hilarious because he was trying to translate something, and he couldn't remember what the word was, so he yelled stuff really loud, and like people knew what that word means. It was fabulous. Yeah. So. So you're thinking he? So you're thinking that he might be some kind of race of giants, sort of thing. Some sort of race of giants or nothing, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I go with either um, Extant Bigfoot kind of creature, or honestly, he reminds me a lot of um, the Draugr. Tell our, our listeners what a Draugr is, and tell me too, because I can't remember right now. A Draugr I... is essentially a uh, Viking zombie, uh... and they're particularly um, intense and savage. And they are like they have like massive hard-ons for like one place, so, like this one location in particular. So Especially with Grendel's desire to mess up that one meat hall, it kind of sounds more like a bit of a Draugr to me, like a zombie. I like it. What about Grendel's mom? That almost reminds me of a bit. See, can we just call her Sheila because it's really buggy because she doesn't have a name? Yeah, we can call her Sheila. I'm fine with that. See, because then Draugr wouldn't make sense because I don't. I mean, do, do we know what Grendel's dad was? Well, according to the text, he doesn't really have a father. He is a descendant of Cain, but kind yeah. of just these creatures just emerge. Okay. Which is weird because he has a mom, but he doesn't have Their a dad. dad. So I'm like, was it like a flyby insemination? Like, what happened? Like in the Star Wars. Yes. Okay. I think I don't know. Phantom menace. Uh, Anakin. No. Midichlorians. I kind of, I kind of blocked that movie out. I hadn't. I'm sorry. Pod <laughs> racing. Um. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, I mean, yeah, you gotta be a dragger as far as she goes. There is a bunch of really cool, like, female ghosts that are just amazing, but calling her a ghost doesn't give her credit because she can kill people. Oh, like in Scandinavian culture. Oh, well, everywhere, everywhere has like a. Okay. We have the donkey lady here. We do have the donkey stealing lady here. children and cry. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. Um, there is a creature. Cause she almost sounds a little bit like a, um, an extra murderous banshee. There is a, cu- a creature in Scandinavian culture It's very similar to the banshee. Um, I'm sorry, I pronounced it wrong. No, you didn't pronounce it wrong. It's just she is the fay. um, And bon is the bad parts of banshee. Um because I'm a nerd and I spent way too much time studying this stuff. Um, there is one who's the Natmara, who is the nightmare. Is basically oh, this the terrifying horse thing. Yeah, which, I mean, I should know off the top of my head, because I kept... As soon as you said, it's the horrifying horse monster. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that as a thing. Um, if a woman were to have a horse placenta pulled over her head before giving birth, the children would be delivered safely, but all the boys will turn into werewolves and all the girls will become madder. I'm sorry, what? Okay, first of all, I mean I understand. If a woman is giving birth, don't put a horse placenta over her face. She's got shit to do. Okay, yeah, that just sounds awful. How did oh, how did they figure this out? Oh, she's screaming in pain. Quick, put horse stuff over her face. Yeah, this is really a horse placenta. I would like to point out that I have successfully derailed the podcast today. <laughs> I'd like to thank Sky River metery for this off-the-walls podcast. Because, <laughs> oh. uh, honestly, she sounds a bit like Alamia, which might uh, oh. get into why she's sexy in the movie. Okay. Should we talk about the movie? Can we talk about how pissed off I still am about this movie, even though I keep saying I'm not? But first, we have to talk about whether this is Celtic or Norse, because I'm willing to not teach anyone about the Celts. We have to argue about whether this is Norse or Celtic, as she chugs her hung wine. Oh, um, you don't have to go anywhere. I do. I know. That's it's why like I keep feet. eating crackers off off why so I kind of feel guilty because every time we have something to drink, and like if you have anything left over, I'm like pour it in my glass, and I'm like, maybe I need help. Um. Anyway, um, I feel that this is definitely more in the Norse Anglo combo category. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is Scandinavian mythos combined with. Weird Anglo Latin Christian principles. Mm-hmm. But that's just me, because the Celts are very different from the Anglos. They are. They are. Um and I don't ever mean to bastardize but either. To be fair, the Celts also had aspects of Norse mythology.
1: Yeah, I think they're
0: all kind of in the same areas. That's why I tend to lean this towards Celtic. This sounds more Celtic with some Scandinavian influence. It's all very, very strange. And the fact that we're having this argument, I think, speaks to one of the biggest, I'm going to say, like, air quotes, issues available, is who owns this? Because it's the cultural legacy of multiple places. Oh, and the English will fight you that this is just theirs. Realistically, the English will fight you over things that aren't theirs. I mean, tea. Yeah. And then, like, all the artifacts from India. Like, all of India. All of India. We should probably give this up. No, it is mine. Like realistically, the English will fight you over things that are not theirs, and no, that is not theirs. We love our English listeners, though. Oh yeah, y'all are great. <laughs> it immediately becomes the most American. <laughs> y'all are fantastic. Yeah. Um, if we're in Texas. We can do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're you're a Yankee. I am a Yankee. You can't. You're legitimately from here. I'm from I'm from California. <laughs> I mean, do you have any avocado for that? No, I'm not an avocado hoe okay. cake. Have you... <laughs> have you... You've never seen me with people from California. Are you like... Is it like Negro Devil's speak? Do you have like a Californian voice? I don't have a Californian voice. Oh my god. It's really terrifying. I'm so sorry. It's um... Mark has seen it. Oh Maybe? my god, I haven't seen you in forever! Oh my god, you guys! It goes from y'all to you guys in a second. Oh, I hate it. And everything sounds like a West Side Story song. Like it's carried like on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna say that this is Norse. I'm gonna say it's more Norse than Anglo. I'm gonna say it's like Celtic Norse. Okay.
1: We're I mean, not gonna
0: fight each other on it because I mean, we're, we're are going, we are we we're not really fighting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're not gonna argue with it. It's just let us know what you guys think. Thank I you. personally, for the first time in my life, agree with Tolkien. I have this this image of a scholar, a Beowulf scholar in England, right now. Throwing their phone against the wall. Going, <laughs> you don't know anything! First of all, I would just be very, very flattered that we have a Beowulf scholar in England listening to us. So what's fascinating is I listen to this podcast called In Our Time, and it's basically just taken from BBC broadcasting. Mm-hmm. But every single one of these scholars could just whip out a passage of Beowulf in old Anglo-Saxon like it ain't no thing. And I'm just sitting there going, I'm standing here trying to pronounce it, Reading it aloud, going, okay, I give up. I'll just read the English translation. Have I ever told you what uh, my goal in life is to be? No. Do you ever watch the show Deadliest Warrior? Yes. You know how they have, like, super specific job titles, like a Viking weapons expert? Mm -hmm. My goal is to have, like, one of those super specific titles. Which kind of weapons would you want to use? Honestly, I would probably go, like, Yakuza historian or something like that. That's badass. I know. Now we can talk about the movie. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little angry here at Robert Zemeckis. So, be the first person. in 2007, there was an animated adaptation of Beowulf, which was awkward because it wasn't really. I mean, it was animated, but it was animated by putting motion capture suits on people. Yes. So Angelina Jolie was Grendel's mom, and she was hot, and she was really hot. It was uncomfortable how hot she was. I wasn't uncomfortable at all. I, I She's great. Then she had a tail, so that's where I had my issues. I had no issues with that whatsoever. So they decided in this version, instead of Beowulf just not using weapons, mm-hmm. that he was going to fight Grendel naked. So that's Celtic. And I would, yes, that that's picked. That's like, I'm going to spread this animal waste on my body and this woad, and we're going to go fight people because we look terrifying. Yeah, full Celtic. And that's how you keep the English out of your home. What? Okay. Um. So, the entire time he's fighting Grendel naked, the only time think, the only thing I'm thinking is, why is he completely naked? Oh Followed immediately by, why is Grendel Crispin Glover? Mm-hmm. Which, is, Oh my god, the scream. I have to put the scream on our website. We're putting the scream on the website. Because I'm not allowed to do it anymore. No, she is not. Because um, I said to my husband, I'm like, I'm just going to do the Grendel scream all day, and I got the response of, how is this different from any other day of our marriage? And now we're in a fight. We're not really in a fight. No, not at all. Um, Randall's mom just... Mm -hmm. No! Mm -hmm. No! Mm -hmm. The whole, just basically put a baby in me, and I'll make you the best king ever. What? Where where are you guys getting that from the text? I feel like... I feel like... Sometimes you look at a base text, and you want to, you know, put your own spin on it. Sort of like how Zack Snyder did with 300, where he made everything kind of gay. That's I was, I was waiting for you to argue that point with me, and you did not. No, because I read the 300 comic, and then I read that, or watched that, and I went... There's a lot of homoerotic subtext here. You will not enjoy this. she But, um, that's what it feels like this movie was. Actually your biggest point about Grendel having a dick is actually like, rooted in Bible story though. Is it? Yeah, so that whole like castration of like Cain and everything like that. That's all like Bible story. So yeah, that was that was the weird thing about the movie is they kept pointing out when Grendel was fighting that he had no dick. Yeah, that's I mean it's rooted in Bible story, but clearly someone had a Freudian issue about it. Like I just was imagining Zemeckis talking to the editors going, No 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 But no keeping dick keeping the though. part about no dick. Like no dick though. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's rooted in something real, but, like, to continue to call it out. Because here's the thing, and I don't mean to sound like I'm insinuating any of our listeners, or I've been insulting, I'm sorry. Uh, when you call something out, but you don't acknowledge why, you just call it out. So when you're calling out a point, but you don't emphasize why it's being done so, you've made a point, but no one knows what the point is about. So you'd have to be like a pretty serious Bible scholar to understand that. And the only reason why I know is because I'm a deviant. I feel like we need a t-shirt that says the only reason that I know is because I'm a deviant. So I just made matching his and her shirt to one of my friends that says uh, his favorite deviant and my favorite deviant. And where they sit is um, both are pointing to one of my boobs. That's fantastic. I do my best. So something that really annoyed the hell out of me the in whole that movie. movie. Well other than the whole movie. Um, why is it implied that Hrothgar banged Brendel's mom? I mean if you if Angelina Jolie was running around gallivanting with a tail, naked in your woods. Thank you. I mean Angelina Jolie was like what helped me recognize my sexuality. But besides yeah. that, um doesn't this movie kind of just feel like a Weinstein how to harassment seminar? Um Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's like that one guy, like, the girl's like, we need to go back inside because Grendel's literally gonna show up and rip your arm off. And he's like, but don't you want to see my, my like, sword baby? And she's like, no, I want to go back inside where I'm not gonna get ripped limb from limb by some fucking cane monster, please. This whole movie was a mess. Why did they make it? Oh my gosh, and it made Anthony Hopkins look bad. How do you make Anthony Hopkins look bad? I mean... Even if Hannibal people love him. Well, I mean, he looked bad in uh, Transformers. I didn't see that. Yeah. I'm not a-hole. <laughs> sure. Apparently I'm not a-hole for knowing. And I'm really mad that they made the torque into a drinking horn instead. Mm-hmm. And then they made Beowulf lose the drinking horn instead of give it to his king, who his king would lose it in battle. Why was it your flashlight, dude? Why does this movie exist at all? Uh, like, I'm mad that Neil Gaiman and Caitlin R. Kernan are attached to this. Caitlin R. Kernan wrote the novelization. Yeah. And I'm like, no! See, I no. don't have, um, this might be nerd sacrilege, I don't have beer goggles for Neil Gaiman. I do. I know I you can't do. can help it. So. He's... We won't go into that. I, I don't have rose-tinted glasses for Neil Gaiman, so I 100% can see him taking a relatively simple story, over-inflating it, making it more sexual than it needs to. Shitting it out and then giving it to hotter actors than need deserved. Is this all about Angelina Jolie? Here, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fair. Fair. I again, I don't have a. I, I'm. I think in nerd culture, you pick one person to have like glasses over. Mm-hmm. Mine is still kind of Alan Moore. Okay, that's fair. It's still it's very soft. You know, what Neil Gaiman is Alan Moore is like prodigy, right? I don't okay. give a hoot and a half. Okay, you get to keep Alan, I get to keep Neil. We'll keep the, the divorce yes. level. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. oh, that's where all the sexualized violence comes from. Oh darn it. <laughs> anyway, here's some facts that you can share with your teachers when you want to look like a badass, or that like you've actually read the introduction to the Shame of Haney version. Yes. So this was composed between the middle of the seventh and end of the tenth century of the first millennia. Mm-hmm scholars have their own fight club over this shit all the time. If you're listening to any Beowulf scholar, they all have a time period that they think it actually happened in. How many Beowulf scholars are there? There are a lot of Beowulf scholars. Because for a while this was forced upon you at Oxford. Um, This? mm -hmm, Out of all of them? mm -hmm. Okay. And this is considered to be like the prize poem of English culture. This is the foundation and what's interesting is this is old english Mm -hmm. not chaucer yeah not any of the other stuff are we gonna have to read chaucer we are gonna have to read chaucer (laughs) so we don't know who wrote this Mm -hmm. but it was probably what was actually written down was probably a court poet but it was likely started as an oral poem so this is kind of like having your work stolen on the internet um this would explain why we have a of pagan elements but then we suddenly have that oh the christian god is why you failed yeah um it's written down in anglo-saxon which is old english mm-hmm. um and like i said before beowulf scholars just whip this out like they can pronounce anything like it ain't no thing and it blows my mind here's a reason we've used all of like two names mm-hmm. first of all i have a big heart on for the british library not a secret to anybody no it is not um they have the what's called the cotton manuscript because there was a gentleman named sir robert cotton wrote it down i'm so proud of myself and he owned a whole collection of ancient texts um this one is in the british library it's usually on display with like an original copy of alice in wonderland Songs of the beatles the magna carta um it's also this version is also known as the knoll codex and um almost was burned in a fire in the 18th century. Mm -hmm. So it's been retranslated a lot since then so that's why you'll see so many different versions. When it was translated in 1850, that's when it became really popular because you could actually get a copy of it. Yeah. Um, Tolkien wrote an article when he was um, teaching that called the the Beowulf, the Monsters, and the Critics because he was really tired of people just seeing it as as a historical work. And not as a poem. Um, He saw it more as art. He saw it more as the emotions and heart of a people. And there are so many parts of this that end up in Lord of the Rings, like a Hobbit. Like an uncomfortable amount. There's an uncomfortable amount of it. And um, because of all the tangents and stuff that are in Beowulf, you can kind of see where Tolkien would feel like he had permission to go off on tangents. Is, is, is Brindle an Are we do we solve the mystery? I don't know that we'll ever solve the mystery. Sounds so sad. And it's, also, it also sounds like we're in a ghost hunter show. We may never solve the mystery. Is this our ghost adventures? <laughs> I mean, which one of us has to be, uh, Baggins? Baggins? No. <laughs> I know. I'm ah, sorry. They're not. Bill we'll Bobby. I mean, I hundred percent would probably end up being legolas no matter what. So I mean, I mean, you're allowed to be legolas. I always have to be grimly. I wouldn't. No, I would. Grimly. Wow. Hi. mead. Mead. Um. Fun drinking game at home if you're of age. Uh, count how many mistakes you've made. I've made two. You've so far made one. I mean, I'm not going to correct you if there's more that I've made. No. It is a really fun drinking game. Oh, yeah, a your game. H.P. Lovecraft was evidently quoted as saying this book was full of, eld- or this poem was full of Eldritch weirdness because he had to make everything Eldritch weirdness. Yeah, I wish he'd stop being an anti semite So we're going to include a lot of resources. So many resources. So many resources. I'm gonna love you. I'm going to include the Monsters and the Critics article by Tolkien. Um, there is a really good history of Beowulf I found online for some, that somebody did when they were reviewing Grendel. Um, I'm going to do, okay, there are two really good podcasts on this. There's one from Overly Sarcastic Productions, Mm -hmm. and then our friend, well, he's not our friend, I wish he was our friend, the guy from Thug Notes. If we ask nicely, do you think he'll be our friend? I don't know, I hope so. I mean, we're asking nicely, like, please be our friend. Please be my friend, and and Amanda's friend, let's let's all be friends. Um, I did also take some information from a podcast called Five Minutes in Church History. Yes. Um, in Our Time, which their episode on Beowulf, there's actually two episodes on Beowulf that are the same thing. And mm-hmm. We didn't get to quote anything from it, but there's this awesome book on the psychology of Beowulf called Heathen Psyche. And for some reason, I feel like that is, that is if we had a band based on this podcast, it, it would be, be called that. Heathen Psyche. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, you held out on me when it came to that. Piece of resource, ma'am. I'm sorry. It was really expensive. If you'd like to donate to our Kofi, <laughs> please support the book fund so Amanda can also read fun books. I spend I spend time on the internet that should be spent doing other things. I love the internet. Anyway, do we have any final thoughts? So, okay, so the crux of this podcast is: did one we have to read this in school? Two, did it work for you? And then three, does it still work for you? I had to read this my sophomore year of college in a class on early English literature. And I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. I've reread it mm-hmm. multiple times now. And the Seamus Heaney version will always kind of sit in my heart. Although I'm still mad it's dedicated to Ted Hughes, which was still be a plus husband for all of you out there. She made a point to say that. Um, but it is the easiest to access it is the one that is least worried about being flowery and specific um and it gets the point across and what's great about it too is it goes in and it has things on the side so if you need to know major plot points they're already written on the side yeah it's really good if you're in school and you're like i don't have time to read this but i did read it and you should read it and i think it's fabulous And i do still think that it works for today Mm -hmm. um just the concept of putting all of your hopes on one human being, which I don't think you should do, ever. Um, Perhaps you cannot trust one man to make America great again? I wasn't going to go there, but I also agree with the sentiment. Drinks mead from bottle? Mead directly from bottle. (laughs) Off off, uh, mic by Amanda. Yeah. Um, I had to read this my junior year of high school. Thank you, Mrs. Cochran. It did nothing for me. I was bored to tears the entire time, which is why I have such a hard on for Grendel. <laughs> that explains it. Which we get to read next week. So we're going to be reading Grendel by John Gardner, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yep. I was like, I don't think there's a different version, but just in case. I, so fun fact I have, I still have my original copy from high school. Oh, that's awesome. It's in my car. I have the version from the library because thank you, San Antonio Public Library. Not yet a sponsor, but we'd love to work with you. I don't think they're, they can afford to be a sponsor. But I would like to... Yeah, I mean, considering the city gives them $5 a month. I would like to shout out for local libraries, because that's just how we roll. Oh, yeah. hundred um, percent. If you get a library card, which is fantastic, I mean, obviously you should go to libraries and you should be supportive, because there are some people who can't just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and buy $200 worth of books. And I mean, I feel like that's most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also because librarians are there to help you and they're so fantastic and they'll walk you through exactly what you need. They'll give you good recommendations. But if you're antisocial or you don't want to leave the house or you just don't have the time, if you have a library card, you can use apps like Libby and Hoopla and things like that. You can get your books for basically free Yeah. because there's no charge to use that service. Right. And it allows you to, Continue your learning and love of learning without spending hundreds of dollars or... Yeah, be like me, where instead of your hundred dollars, go to cheese. Exactly. Because cheese is magic. Did you like the cheese? I did like the cheese. I'm so glad. I'm going to continue to eat it. Um, but yeah, I, it didn't do a lot for me when I was younger. It did more for me now. Ever so slightly. I think now I'm more interested in the historical aspects of it, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't always a big history person. Uh, You know, when you have that uh, African-American angst, and all of history is kind of bad, which I had a lot of in high school, but I have less of that now. Understandably so. Yeah, understandably so. Just all of history is bad. We're going to talk about your people. Also, your people were changing a boat. Okay. Your people were changing a boat for a very, very long time. Like, Oh, lovely. So I mean it, it did slightly more for me. The movie did nothing for me. Oh the movie's don't watch absolutely the movie. terrible. Like, don't, don't watch that the movie. that's my number one listing of advice. If you have to write a paper on this, please don't watch please the movie. Please don't watch the movie. Listen to the audiobook. I mean I, anything. I, I think don't. that there are some times where the movie's okay. Yeah. I mean there it's are, it's very rare. Um you'll very rarely find it for things like *Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. Um Jane Nair misses with the one that I really like with we're not gonna even try to pronounce me his last name. there has been too much need. And Magneto. Um <laughs> Michael Fassbender? He has a name! You no, know, he's just Magneto now. I'm fine with that. <laughs> he's German Magneto. Um but yeah, I mean there's a lot of times you're gonna read the book and you're gonna be like, oh, and then you watch the movie and you're like Ew what? Yeah. Or yeah, Ew. Ew. Like the crown. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> uh, just Claire, like Claire, boy, that. I want to be your friend. Anyway. I'm excited to read Grendel. Are you excited to read I'm Grindel? really excited to read Grendel. I started reading it last night. because so I was so exciting. Do you like it? So far, I like it. Okay. Um, but he's mostly just mad at a ram right now, so. It only gets worse. Oh, no. I'm so excited. Please understand, my excitement is not to recapture the angst of my childhood, because we did a video project when I was in high school, and uh, <gasps> we did a video version of Beowulf, and I was oh, Grindle. no. And I got to work all black and angst in a corner, which was just fucking who I was in high school. I believe this. So I good. believe this. so good. Um, if you want to follow us on social media and see The Drinking Horn, um, we are on, unfortunately, RR on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately required reading on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately required on Instagram. Yep unfortunately required reading.com yes we made a website yes if you want to suggest a book for the podcast or you have a funny story about your english class or literature you can email us at unfortunately required reading at gmail.com yeah if you want to uh have us argue about anything else probably next week before we get me drunk uh we'll argue about the oxford comma Do you want to do it now or do you want to do it next time let's do it next time because we've consumed almost an entire bottle of And now I feel like I need to smash a glass. And yell, Another! <laughs> Please don't. These are nice glasses. They are really nice. Well, this one's metal, so I think it would be okay. I would love to see you smash it. That was not a challenge. Okay, you have to be more specific because I like, am yeah, Scottish, dude. <laughs> okay, now, go read a book. Longest podcast!